0: No, I'm saying since 1920, no one has been able to go to the top. But your mom went to the top. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. In this reality, as of now, no one has ever been able to go to the top since 1920. Uh-
1: Hey, all you warriors and warlocks, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown. And
0: Tyler Benz. What is going on, bro? Well, first off, I got to say... I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, As a fan, huge fan of Denzel Washington uh, and his Equalizer movies, which, in my opinion, and again, this is subjective, this is just my opinion, I would go so far to say that the two Equalizer films may be the best action movies ever made. I mean, Uh, they're certainly some of the best, for sure. I think they're incredible. I think Denzel's amazing. But I see today that there's a new Equalizer show with Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah, huh? Yeah, she's like. Maybe they just watched that taxicab show
1: and they just thought, she's the one. She's the one for this. She's the one. uh, That's interesting. I mean, I guess Denzel probably do the show. Um, No. Now, in the movies, well, I don't want to get down that road, man. This is not an episode about Equalizer. (laughs) And how much we loved those movies, I was just about to ask you, like, whatever happened to his wife? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Okay. Today, though, I'm excited, and here's the best part. Like, I bet that you will not, even though we've kind of talked about both these movies mm-hmm. before we started recording, yeah. I kind of bet you're going to be a little bit surprised about my overall take on everything.
0: Mm,
1: uh, okay. So today, we're going to talk about two 80s fantasy movies that, I mean, in my mind, everybody has probably seen before. And that's part of the reason why we chose them to be in our fantasy face-off. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited about this battle. So today we're talking about The Sword and the Sorcerer and mm-hmm. Red Sonya. Oh, yeah. Now, I got to say, after watching these two movies, a couple things. One, I have, to, I have to admit here that I had actually only kind of seen The Sword and the Sorcerer Whenever I was a kid, yep. I remember certain Same aspects
0: here. of it, but I never really watched it all the way through. Well, I'll go ahead and say that the only thing I remember was The Sword. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, me too. If you've never
1: seen Sword and the Sorcerer, first off, man, both of these movies have just insane cover
0: art. Oh, yeah. that That's probably the best part. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think a lot of these movies that we've picked all have really, really cool cover art. And as a kid, you know, again, going yeah. back through the video store, yep, the exactly. aisles, and just, like, picking movies almost
0: based solely on the cover art was just mm-hmm. a huge, huge thing, man. Oh, I mean, 100%. Like, that, that was, like, you know, the big selling point. You know, because a lot of these, you know, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have, more than likely, as a kid, you didn't have, like, you weren't subscribed to Entertainment Weekly or you know if that was even around then um <laughs> and so you were kind of just judging everything on the cover which is pretty amazing i mean especially if they got those like those killer like painters back in the day um i mean that was that was the probably the main thing that i remember about crawl is uh is that cover mhm i mean gosh sometimes i feel like should we have just
1: done a battle just based on the covers alone <laughs> but in terms of the movie itself you know, this one, The Sword and the Sorcerer, was released in nineteen eighty two. Here's what's interesting. It was actually released by the same exact studio as Conan the Barbarian. Oh wow. And they both came they both came out, I think the same year. And it was almost like, you know, that studio was like, ooh man. Fantasy movies are kinda hot yeah. right now. We've mm-hmm. got two scripts on our desk. One's gonna have major star, more budget, and the other not so much, but people will still go to see it, you know. And we'll have a great cover, yeah, just a killer cover, man. <laughs> uh, one of the things, just out of the gate, that I noticed about this movie, and I, I think you did too, man, is like the visual effects actually were pretty cool, man. There's this mm-hmm. scene in the beginning where they like the this evil king, who I'll I'll get to him in just a second, <clears throat> is basically summoning some sort of like demon sorcerer or something in order to kind of have an advantage on uh, and kind of help him defeat this yeah. rival kingdom, you know? Mm-hmm. And that whole scene when they summon the demon and everything, the effects, I thought were pretty freaking good for 1982, man. I mean, there's this, like, wall, weird kind of scary wall of, like, faces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, just for the time and for, you know, the movie, I thought the effects were, were pretty pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I, I I'll I'll be the first to admit I watched this. It, it's kind of impossible to find online. I mean, you can buy it, but didn't really want to do that. So, you can watch the full-length film on YouTube, but ugh, the quality is right around 240 mm. and um it, you know, it the movie is already kind of grainy, you know, cuz uh even though you said 82, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that it was probably filmed a good bit earlier yeah just from the film stock it just kind of i don't know there's something about it that like kind of places it probably late 70s mm-hmm. uh instead of 80s i could be totally wrong but that's just my opinion but it was really difficult to to see anything that was going on <laughs> um but it did look really cool yeah. and it would have totally freaked me out as a kid oh
1: yeah for sure man you know it's rated r so it wouldn't have been one of those that i accidentally let my kids watch but yeah. um Man, rated R, huh? I don't know, man. I feel like some of these movies we ended up probably as kids maybe seeing, like, on TV or something. Because I do remember it. I just don't remember any of that stuff. I mean, the demon does this weird thing where he, like, the king is, like, saying something about, like, you know, prove to me your power or some crazy thing like that. And the freaking mm-hmm. demon, like, looks over to this witch that was the one that, that conjured him up. And, like, force pulls her freaking guts out. And it's just like, yeah. you know, and it's just like, whoa, man, this got intense right in the first, like, three or four minutes, you know? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, man, I thought this was hilarious. I wrote this down. So, like, the rival king, you know, who's, I guess, like, he ends up being the hero's, like, dad or something. Yeah. He looks like straight off the set of Teen Wolf. Like, he looks like Teen Wolf's dad. Whenever whenever Teen Wolf's dad, like, wolves oh, out. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I thought, wow, mm-hmm.
0: interesting look for... um for a, for a king which man I love Teen Wolf's oh dad gosh, he dude, just the best he he looks like he would have been such a great
1: dad to have I feel like mm-hmm. well he's kind of It's I always thought it was hilarious too like you know that scene and I know we just went straight to Teen Wolf here but you know that scene whenever like <laughs> um, Scott uh, the Teen Wolf is like transforming for the first time he's like locked up in his bathroom he's like
0: Scott <sighs> can I come in
1: oh uh, no dad Ah uh, no, I'm uh, I'm doing something in
0: here. I'll say you may be surprised. Whatever it is, son, uh, you can tell me. I'll understand. Oh, 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 no, Dad! Oh. No, not this time. Scott Howard, this is your father speaking. Now open this door right this minute. Okay, Dad. You asked for
1: it. Dude, I don't know why it's just so hilarious to me, but like, yeah, me too. That first look of Teen Wolf's dad, just like,
0: oh. <laughs> and he's already changed. Yeah. And he's like,
1: what's the, what's the matter, Scott?
0: <laughs> oh, God, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah. That, man, I want to go back and watch that movie mm-hmm. now. It's so good, dude. I haven't seen it in a while. So,
1: another thing about this movie, dude, is there's almost no one that you would recognize in terms of acting. Now, I think there's like some actors and actresses that were kind of, Maybe more famous like generations before, but for me, as mm-hmm. a kid in the '80s, and even now, I really didn't recognize any except for one guy, who I think everybody that grew up in the '80s would recognize as like the guy that was the bad guy in so much. Yeah, his name's Richard Lynch, and he was like the bad guy in Airwolf, yep. Invasion USA with Chuck Norris. Mm. You know, just always that guy, and so he's he's the main um, the main bad guy here. Aside from that. Everybody else is just no idea. I mean, I did dig the uh, kind of the love interest gal, you know, like in the movie. Other than that, man, I mean the the the
0: prince's sister was that right? Or the no, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I literally couldn't even tell who she was because it was so blurry.
1: It's so weird, man. I could, here's the thing about this movie: before we get on and kind of compare it and or kind of dive a little bit deeper into Red Sonia, it was. It followed that same sort of thing that we talked about with early episodes of Columbo, that 70s and early 80s just really drawn out storytelling. You know, Mm -hmm. it was kind of entertaining. I know as a kid, the the three-bladed sword was pretty cool. It can, like, shoot two of the blades, and then it just leaves, like, the middle blade. There's also, like, a dagger, like, hidden in the handle. Not sure Mm -hmm. when you would need that, but (laughs) just in case. I mean, it's... You know, pretty cool. But it's funny, dude. I read Roger Ebert's review, and and I got to say, like, I kind of agree with him here. And I thought it was a pretty cool review, actually, because it ends pretty, pretty cool. So this is just some of it. And this was written in January of 1982. And he says, when the movie was over, I really wasn't much moved. The Sword and the Sorcerer is so dominated by special effects, its settings, and location that it doesn't care much about character. Mm -hmm. It trots in people on screen, gives them names and labels, and then puts them through paces, but that's not enough. If a filmmaker would just take the time to provide human quirks for his Mm. characters to give them nice little turns of speech and identities that we could tell apart and care about, this kind of movie could be really fun. He says, actually, one filmmaker has done exactly that. Only his swords and sorcerers were set in the future. And that is George Lucas with the
0: Star Wars movies. Mm. Nice,
1: right? Another that director. Go
0: ahead. Uh, no, I was saying, imagine being that director and reading that review. Yeah, no. Ouch, man. Mm. Very ouch. I mean, I kind of agree in that by the end of the movie, and I,
1: yes, I sat through the whole thing. At the end of the movie, I, I couldn't tell you really beyond just sort of like bullet points what it was about and what comes next or any of the mm-hmm. characters' names or anything yeah so you know so far it's not really going to be
0: uh hard to beat mm-hmm. you know i will say i i feel like this really sort of suffered a, a lot of the same missteps as Krull did where you know exactly like he said it, there wasn't like a lot of i don't know it's almost like there wasn't a lot of like personality put into these characters you know it's kind of like checking off your boxes of like okay this is like the the sort of brutish kind of like warrior character this is sort of the magician this is the the bad guy this like and it was kind of like okay these are on on the screen and then let's let's now introduce another kind of you know like exactly what he said mm-hmm. with like the no sort of quirks which Oddly enough, I think is one thing that Red Sonya
1: mm-hmm.
0: totally got. Yeah, agreed. You know,
1: yeah, you can't really relate to the characters because you don't know what they're like. Who cares? You know, they're just like,
0: mm-hmm. I'm this guy. I have a three bladed sword. Right. You know, and old. And I didn't even understand the deal with the sword. I mean, was he? Mm-hmm. I don't, was it like s- spring loaded? Yeah, I don't or? know. They never really showed him like reloading it, but they did
1: show like those things just like shooting off and like, oh yeah, you know. It's like some cool like mix
0: between James Bond and mm-hmm. you know a fantasy movie. I don't know. Yeah, that was weird. Which as a kid, boy, that would have. I mean, much like Crawl, and which I loved as a kid. I mean, this movie, like I said, I vaguely remember the sword thing, but I know like you know mm-hmm. young adolescent Tyler would have lost his mind over that sword. Oh yeah, man, for sure. I mean,
1: really, I think looking back, it's like I feel like we should have put this movie against Kroll and then it could oh, have been like have been a perfect. battle of which weapon was the coolest and I mean, yeah, I think much. no matter what Kroll loses because they only uses it in the last like yeah. five seconds before the credits roll yeah um, even though I agree with uh, Ebert's review of this movie I think it's pretty hilarious to uh dude listen to his review just a couple of seconds of his review for Red Sonja okay?
0: okay with an adventure film set not in the future but in the past.
1: It said in the past, all right, that moment in movie history between the introduction of horseback riding and the obsolescence of the brass brazier, known as sword and sorcery. <laughs> Our first movie is named Red Sonja, and this one gets the prize against some very tough competition as the single silliest sword and sorcery movie since the Black Shield of Falworth. This one is so inept, there are times when it's actually
0: fun, especially when the actors struggle through dialogue.
1: So anyway, I just thought, man. he just thought, I mean, he kind of just thought it was just an absolute silly
0: Myths. i mean yeah i mean if i'm being honest it kind of is yeah but i thought it was pretty cool though i did too man i i mean i, I feel like what he's saying about the dialogue like i get it mm-hmm. but at the same time it's kind of right on par with with the dialogue of the coat you know with conan mm-hmm. and like it's the same kind of very sort of stilted dialogue but at the same time they're kind of you know i think the point was they're supposed to be sort of you know, these sort of barbarians are like warriors. So I, I, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah, yeah, me too. And as a kid, I remember loving this movie
1: for sure. I mean, my brother and I would watch this quite often. Mm-hmm. So it came out in 1985. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I noticed re-watching it that I completely missed as a kid was that just initial title scroll. Mm-hmm. And so it says, it starts off with, her name was Red Sonya. She lived in a savage world in an age of violence. A fierce warrior with flaming red hair in the Hyborian Kingdom. Her quest for justice and vengeance became a legend. This is how the legend began. Mm. So that's another thing about the Sword and the Sorcerer that got on my nerves is there was just this constant narration over yeah, the whole movie. Right. Whereas, like in this movie, they just used a quick title uh,
0: title scroll, and then
1: boom, yeah. you're just you dive straight into this.
0: Story. Well, I, I will say though, I think, I think they did have a little bit of an advantage as far as that because this would have been the third of the Conan films, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, it's um Conan the Barbarian about the and then Conan the Destroyer, yeah, and then Red Sonja. So you know, they kind of just as far as that goes, they already had like a little bit of a world kind of fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. and it's interesting too, <clears throat> um, and well.
1: So, another thing about this movie that just kind of like takes it to the next level in comparison to The Sword and the Sorcerer is mm-hmm. it's just like the cast is just packed yeah. in this movie. Like, yeah. you've got Brigitte Nielsen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who plays Red Sonya, obviously. Yep. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger as Kalidor. That's right, folks. Yep. Not Conan, which, dude, growing up, I
0: swear to goodness, never knew that. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't. I was so confused watching this movie because I'm like, is he is like, what's happening here? And that was a weird choice too. Like, Mm -hmm. well, and I kind of found out about that
1: because I thought, wait, what? Yeah, why? You know, I was so confused. Basically, it was initially supposed to be a cameo appearance that that he was kind of. Contractually obligated to Mm, do. Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. And essentially, right before this movie came out, you know, he had done the other Conan movies, but he also did Terminator or The Terminator, the first one. Yeah. So he was just like big, you know, like he's just exploding at this point. Mm -hmm. And basically, it was supposed to be Conan because originally Red Sonja appeared in 1973. Uh, she she debuted in Marvel's uh, Conan the Barbarian, number 23. Yep. So she is a character from the Conan universe. And that's why I was, like, so perplexed, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, why is this guy's name Kalidor? Yeah. So apparently it's a rights issue, which is really kind of boring into the story. Oh. Uh, Conan was owned by Universal,
0: and Red Sonya was a CBS Fox picture. So, so basically a Marvel Fox hmm exactly. It's the kind of situation that we're dealing with now. Yep, exactly, man. Hmm, interesting. I mean, that's that's cool to know, because the whole time I'm like, what is happening? I, I just, like, did not get it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Hey, Woody, should we take a quick break? After these messages, we'll be right back.
1: America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense wildlife. For over
0: 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures.
1: From another dimension, another world. I don't know.
0: The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. You were listening to That Would
1: Be Rad. I know you still haven't seen Dune. Uh, which you need to get on that. I know. Uh, but this guy named Sandal Bergman, he's the one that played like the little
0: kid's sort of like right-hand man with the big giant bone, you know? Yeah, who was that he used. awesome. And also, if you remember my idea that I swung on you mm-hmm. like two weeks ago for a character in D&D, it was literally that. As soon as I seen it, I was like, oh my gosh, this I, I had this exact same idea. Yeah, it's
1: pretty awesome. And he... so. For those he was cool. of you that haven't seen this movie in a long time or mm-hmm. ever at all essentially this little kid who we'll talk about in just a second has sort of a um, a guardian that is kind of watching over him
0: mm-hmm.
1: like a bodyguard um, kind of thing. like a bodyguard yeah mm-hmm. because this kid's like a prince or something mm-hmm. and the the this big bodyguard dude uses this giant animal bone I mean I don't know like a mammoth leg or something yeah as his like weapon of choice whenever he's fighting and so it's pretty cool to see but that guy the actor sandal bergman he was in dune he plays he plays one of the harkonnen guys i don't know but that's where i recognize him from mm-hmm. ernie reyes jr is the one who plays the prince mm-hmm. um and dude i just thought this was like a really cool there's a couple cool things that they do to kind of infuse red Sonia with like
0: asian fighting culture and stuff? That was the biggest thing that I gathered from this. And I'd kind of forgotten that they do that a little bit with Conan too, is like, it's this sort of Chinese meets Mongolian kind of thing Mm -hmm. where they, yeah, I mean, you know, you you think of sort of barbarian and you think, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes and sort of Scandinavian or Mm Viking-ish, not, you know, Mm -hmm. obviously not Vikings, but like you think of of that, when you think of these sort of barbarians, and so to have like these sort of Asian flavor in there, I thought that was really, really cool. So yeah, I mean, there's that. There's this whole sequence in the beginning where Red
1: Sonia is training. She basically trains all of her sword training. Yeah, this is with this like Asian master. Yeah, sword master. Yep. Who, costume wise, kind of looks like he just came straight off the set of like Power Rangers. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he just got this huge fluffy hair. I mean, it looks like one of those Power Ranger bad guys, but without the mask on.
0: Well, and I got to say, the 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 bad guy, the guy, not the girl, with like the headdress thing mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. yeah, also looks like the girl Rita from Power Rangers.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, the yeah, same yeah.
0: vibe. So Ernie Reyes Jr. was
1: just one of those kids. Whenever I was growing up, that you know I just thought was the coolest. Yeah, thing. my too. dad was super into martial arts and stuff, so he kind of knew of him, and. I just thought he was just such a cool, he's so, his character is so funny in this movie because he's kind of bratty, Yeah, know? Oh, yeah. And, and he plays it really well, too. Oh, yeah. And watching him do all these, like, actual karate moves and stuff
0: mm-hmm.
1: was just so awesome. Yeah. But, you know, he was also in, obviously, you see him, his face in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, but he also was, uh, you know, in one of the suits, I think, for the first Ninja Turtles. I could be wrong on that, but I'm relatively positive. I feel like he was Donatello. Maybe. I felt like that,
0: too. But what else was he in? Wasn't he in... Um, he's Man, what else was he in? Because he, he was kind of a big deal throughout like yeah. the 80s and 90s. Because it does seem like that more than just those two movies. Yeah. It was cool to see him You know that proficient in like karate at such yeah. a young age, too. I really don't think he was in much, man. How do we know of him so much, then?
1: Well, he was in... Oh, that movie... Or it was like a... Uh, he was in the show, Sidekicks. He was in... Yeah, dude, he was in Red Sonja, Then, like, he played a character in an episode of Highway to Heaven. Hmm. Um,
0: and he was that's in
1: MacGyver it. for one episode. I mean, literally, dude, nothing until Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too.
0: Really?
1: Oh, and then Surf Ninjas later in the. 90s. Oh, that was great. Yeah. Yes, man. Mm-hmm. But after that,
0: dude, that's it. Yeah. Do you remember? So there were Surf Ninjas, and then there were Three Ninjas. Oh yeah, man. which was amazing. So good. I dude. loved it as a kid. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Okay. So. There's a couple of familiar faces in this movie, too. I don't know if you, you kind of noticed or whatever, but there's a couple of actors that you're like, oh man, I know this person from somewhere. You mentioned him just a second ago, like the, the other bad guy who kind of looks like Rita or whatever mm-hmm. is um, uh, Ronald. Oh, God. Ronald Dahl. Even, he wrote James uh, no. the Giant Peach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, can't even read my own writing here, which is awesome. Oh, Ronald Lacey. Mm hmm. And everyone would recognize him from being the guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark who gets his face melted off. Oh, okay. Remember, he's, the, he's that bad guy.
0: hmm
1: yep. But another guy that's in there uh, is a guy named Pat Roach. Now, <clears throat> I kind of recognized him sort of in the movie, but truthfully, as I was looking at you know, the actor list on IMDb for Red Sonja, His main picture, it's like, oh my gosh, I know this guy. So he's the guy. Do you remember in Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indiana Jones is like boxing this big, humongous, freaking bald Mm -hmm. Nazi airplane mechanic with a big old mustache? Yep. Him, dude. That's who it is, right? And so this guy, as I kind of dived into his filmography, Mm -hmm. it's insane the stuff that this guy's been in. He was in Conan the Barbarian, Mm -hmm. he was in Willow. He was in all of the Indiana Jones movies, the original trilogy. Anyway, wow. He was in Clash of the Titans, so we'll see him again whenever we watch that movie. Mm-hmm. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and then sadly he died in two thousand four. But this guy's career, man, as just like kind of like a rough and tumble stunty kind of actor, you know, kind of spanned. I mean, think about all the work that he got, you know? Oh yeah, big time. So cool, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. <laughs> I wrote this down as like the best because you know when we first started talking about this movie we were talking about the dialogue and you know whenever whenever I was a kid I thought it was funny then it's even more funny now but anytime Arnold Schwarzenegger yells anything yeah it's hilarious to me yeah so did you ever notice when he's like hold on I think he says like hold on Sonia (laughs) or like watch
0: out yeah (laughs) Hold on, Sonia (laughs) Oh my god, dude! It's so funny. <laughs> I, I wonder if I don't know. I mean, I wonder if if he. Well, I mean, he was huge back then, though. So yeah, man. Well, w- and I will say, like, there is something, you know, especially with these, uh, you know, the the '80s fantasy face-off. I mean, you know, anytime you have like a warrior, you know, character. I mean, there is nothing better than huge Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mm-hmm. mean, he was he was so ripped and so huge that like. You know, that's exactly what you wanted. Yeah, man. He'll forever be the best Conan that that there ever was, you know? Yeah. Although I still haven't seen the new one, but you said it wasn't that great, right? I mean, I don't know, man. And wasn't it—is it Momoa? Yeah. Who's cool, but boy, just—his acting is just terrible, man. Yeah, he kind of goes in and out Yeah. with me, too. I mean, I just hate to do it again, but Aquaman, bro.
1: (laughs) My (laughs) gosh. Just terrible and you know i think many episodes ago when we were talking about the first conan i mean this is like i don't even think we had determined we wanted to do a face-off yet Mm -hmm. i think i misspoke and said that in the first one they like dubbed over his voice dude i think i was thinking of like one of the hercules movies
0: oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. you know that's whenever he's like in new york or whatever. yeah hercules in new york or something i think that's what it's called right yeah, I think
1: so. And I I think that's the one where they, where yeah. they dubbed his voiceover. Yeah, now that one. Hold old... on, Sonia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. There's just like so many, Another funny thing about Arnold Schwarzenegger is like in every action sequence, like whatever sounds he's making, he's always like. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It always sounds like his the scene in
0: Total Recall when his – He's like dying in Mars or whatever. His mm-hmm. mask is off. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's an interesting actor. That um, I mean, honestly, they couldn't have picked a better actor for Terminator, though. You know, he didn't really have mm-hmm. much dialogue. He's just this, you know, presence that's huge. And you know, they put glasses on him, so not a ton yeah. of acting, just kind of being menacing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Man, both those movies. God, I love them so much. Yeah, man. I mean T two was just humongous I and mean, it man. changed my life. I, Me I too dude. I saw it several times in the theater. Mm-hmm. Just everything about it was just amazing. Yeah. So good, dude. I mean, I wanted to be Eddie Furlong. Oh yeah. I grew my hair out long. I still do. Well not, not now. Not, not if you've seen him recently. Not I current think, uh, Eddie
1: Furlong. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. Not sure uh not sure what happened there, poor guy. Yeah. All that stuff being said, you know, there's moments of red Sonia that just didn't feel it just felt kinda like forced like any kind of romantic sort of interaction between Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. and Red Sonia. Mm-hmm. Didn't really it just was kind of silly or whatever. Oh gosh. What about the scene when they're
0: in that like water and there's like this weird metal Oh Dragonfish s- thing. I am so glad you said this because it kind of made me think, you know, especially since we were talking about like the Asian thing. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if if, like, the producer or the showrunner or, like, I mean, it, it did have, like, a, a real sort of Asian vibe. I mean, especially, mm-hmm. I mean, it literally was straight up like Godzilla. Yeah. Like, swimming Godzilla. And even, like, the sounds, yeah. it would do I these weird, like, little Godzilla, that. like, like these, I don't know how to explain it, but, like, there were, there were times in the movie that totally felt like it was, you know, a, a Japanese film or, mm-hmm. or even Chinese, technically.
1: Yeah, man. I didn't even think about that. That's interesting.
0: Anyway, the effects were kinda cheesy, is the reason why I brought mm-hmm. it up.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I kinda took away some points there. Um, but if I have to kind of pick which one moves on to the next round. Easy. I got it. Let's wait, hold on. Let's say it both at the same time. I'm gonna count of three. We're gonna say who we think the winner is on three. Now, let's let's just review, let's recap. Mm-hmm. The Sword and the sorcerer, really cool visual effects. Definitely better than the stupid dragon monster thing that we talked about just now Debatable. um you know no really famous actors other than the guy from um air or whatever yeah. not sure what, what happened to that guy in a, in the previous <laughs> years but you know
0: whatever the burn victim um, guy
1: yeah Ew. gosh man i don't poor guy. canceled canceled but at least you know he had a
0: big big career
1: still still acting <laughs> um okay and then we've got Red Sonya. Yep. It's got it's star studded. It's got good action. It's got some humor. It's at times pretty
0: silly. Yeah. What's well <laughs> up, Strong girl, girl mullet. Oh, dude, strong. super strong girl strong. mullet. Strong.
1: And I gotta say, man, whenever I was a kid, I I had a crush on her. Man, me too. It worked. Me too. I don't know whenever I, whenever I first watched this movie, if I'd also seen her already in the movie Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone. Oh
0: yeah! But that was also one of my favorite movies. Yeah, and, me too. Uh, God, have you seen the new meme where it's like, and I totally forgot about this in the movie, but like, there's a scene where he's like eating cereal, and he's like. As he's eating cereal, he has like a cigarette and like sunglasses on, and like his like <laughs> like his like gun holster like around his yes. arms. That's pretty amazing. That's amazing, man. I have
1: not seen that, but we'll look for it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, on three. Who's moving on to the next round? One, two, three. Red Sonya, got it. No, no, Red 100%. Sonya, one hundred percent.
0: Yeah, it just it just felt sort of you know. I mean, a few years. Later and again, I go back to. I think that Sword and the Sorcerer was was probably filmed probably late seventies. Uh, you know, so it had a few years extra. You know, kind of to grow. Yeah, know, the production as as film, quality was not. One thing there. that I did notice, and this is sort of a through line with all these movies that we've watched so far, is all of these action scenes were so drawn out, and there was there was an, there's never any music behind them. Have you noticed that? Uh, in, in what? Like, it's just silence. Like if you go back to like the, the water scene, which as I, when it first came up, I was like, oh, this is clearly like their version of the trash compactor trash mm, in mm-hmm. Star Wars, you know, cause they're trapped in the water and the water's rising and there's no, there's no music in the background. There's no sound, sound design. I mean, it's all just like these funny sort of special effect, you know, mm. noises. Man, I didn't but, notice that. Yeah, and I think that's wh- why these movies feel so, you know, drawn out. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, you know, kind of, a little bit of it is sort of charming, but, you know, as, as we move closer into the 90s, you start seeing, you know, growth as far as as far as far that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Red Sonja, for me,
1: 100%. Well, and like you said, I mean, I think it being a little bit, you know, later when it came out, mm-hmm. you know, it had, I just feel like it had, A bigger budget probably um, had to have to have all those actors and actresses and Mm -hmm. stuff.
0: One thing I got to say about Red Sonja is (laughs) literally the way it ended was so bizarre to me.
1: Oh, yeah. It just kind of stops, right?
0: Well, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Brigitte Nelson, they're, you know, finally they like fall in love. And I mean, you'll see if you watch the movie. But, you know, at the end, it's like or nearing the end. It's like, okay, well. I'll only be with a man who can beat me in battle, which, mm-hmm. you know, canceled yeah. nowadays because whatever. But it's like they just fight and they're just like until they just get super tired and then that's it. And then the very end of the movie, it's like, I guess they're making out. And then like you just see the little Asian prince and his bodyguard. They're just like, come on, let's go. We're, let's leave them be. And then it just yeah. ends. It's so weird. It man. was super weird. I don't know. It, it 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 did
1: end kind of like they're like. I mean, I don't know what else we should do. Right, um, exactly. Let's yeah. just have these guys ride off in the sunset. You know.
0: Cool, man. Well, anything uh, anything else you've been anything you've been uh, into the last couple weeks? Music um,
1: or? Well, I mean, I finished. Um, I read all three of the books in the Icewind Dale trilogy. Mm, can't wait to borrow those, pups. Yeah, man. I mean i'm kind of excited i picked up some some new uh chuck norris movies on vhs and it's funny you talked about mm. this movie being like 240 um yeah in terms of the resolution i'm pretty sure that's still hd in comparison to a lot of the vhs tapes that i have so yeah yeah <clears throat> i'm pretty used to the the softened re- res- <laughs> uh, resolution or whatever i'm kind of excited to kind of watch more of these um Fantasy movies. I mean, some of them, like you know, I got to be honest. Like the Sword and the Sorcerer was kind of hard to kind of trudge through a little bit. Um, yeah, and so I some mean, of the ones cool. that we, it was still cool. Yeah, for sure. But I'm like, it's easier to kind of like uh, tune out a little bit whenever the movies don't really have that much substance. So I'm kind of excited to you know watch like Lady Hawk and mm-hmm. the Dark Crystal, and Neverending Story, Legend, for example. Yeah
0: you know rewatch those and and see kind of although as as excited as i am to see legend i feel like i feel like it's another one that visually is amazing but like plot wise i don't totally remember anything yeah. other than yeah. like the intro and like like in my brain i just see it as like a music video i don't <laughs> i don't really remember like there being like a, a sort of solidified uh, like plot, so I am pretty excited. Uh, to, yeah, to I don't go remember back. almost. I don't think I remember anything about it other than like Tim Tim. There is like a there is like a. God no, I forgot about that. He plays the, de- the demon or whatever. I right? mean, amazing uh, Man, practical effects. Him, amazing design. I mean, I just remember there was like a there is a unicorn or something. Yeah, yeah, and
1: then like they break you know, the horn off or something.
0: Something, dude, and
1: then like. I remember his
0: character's name is Jack, which kind of an interesting name for a fantasy character. But go for it. But I I remember, and he was like trapped under the surface of the water or something. Is that the movie? I don't know. That sounds more like. Do you remember that old
1: Ewoks movie?
0: Oh, dude, I love. And then they were trapped under like a pond or something. Oh yeah, dude. One thing about the Ewoks movie that will never. Not be cool is the number one. Like the little kids' costumes were like
1: oh, the headband,
0: so eighties. So cool. Yeah, and the little girl with the frizzy hair and like the headband was amazing. Mm-hmm. And like, did didn't they have like a little like a little lighter slash lightsaber thing? I don't know, man. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Yeah, me too. I used to love it though. Yeah, me too. I was obsessed, man. I mean, I was obsessed with anything Star Wars. Oh, actually. Th- Man, this actually connects to that. The spider sequence on Ewoks, do you remember that? Like Not the, the huge webs and the big spider? Uh huh. Straight up almost identical to Krull. Oh really? Remember when he like the one dude goes in to meet uh huh the spider dude, girl? What's weird is um mm, I don't remember,
1: but I'm pretty sure they use like didn't they use like the Lucas Lot
0: for filming Krull? Mm. It could be. I think, man. I mean, James Horner, sure. the composer, boy, ripped he off. He loves to borrow. <laughs> oh, my. God. I mean, there were things in that, in Crawl. Like, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. And the whole time, you'll just be like, I'm pretty sure this is John Williams. Well, it's not. It's James Horner, and he s- straight up stole stuff from mm-hmm. Star he Wars. He likes to steal from himself, too. Yeah, that's right. There's this
1: hilarious YouTube video that you need to after you listen to this episode, mm-hmm. go on to YouTube, search James Warner and um just like ripping himself off. And there's just like time after time. It's like a 30 minute video of all these times where he basically uses the same yeah. exact
0: sequence of notes <laughs> for like things happening. It's hilarious. And you know, I, I'm I, I'm a little sympathetic to that because, you know, you and I are songwriters. We played in bands mm. for years and like coming up with like Like, for me, coming up with, like, little guitar parts or, like, little flourishy kind of stuff. And so, like, I get it, you, you you know, you cut, there's a little bit of that that you will always naturally lean into, and Mm -hmm. inevitably that, that is what becomes, like, your style, you know, as Mm -hmm. an artist. Like, that, that, it sounds like you're copying yourself, but, you know, after a while of doing that, um... But you this know, is the equivalent of him like playing the same guitar the, solo exactly. in every song. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting to. He's it's it's like, but not only that. I mean, on top of him, you know, copying himself, the the stuff that he's playing to begin with is like such a rip off of uh, of John Williams. Mm-hmm. So, and
1: you know what's interesting about John Williams is like you can listen to. Some of his stuff, and you're like, oh, man. So he has, like, he doesn't rip himself off, but he has certain theme. Oh, yeah.
0: He, mm-hmm. got like,
1: he has, like, a certain – I hate to say the word theme because that's almost different. He's got, like, a certain vibe, I'll yeah. say, for yep. different movies. Like, he's got, like, the – what I call, like, the winter movie vibe, which is, like, if you go back and listen to the Home Alone soundtrack. Oh, and yeah. And then the Harry Potter soundtrack. Which is beautiful. Like Oh, my God, it's the
0: best. And honestly, that vibe actually kind of has a little bit of, like – um a little Danny Elfman yeah, vibe. It almost sounds yeah. like Elfman kind of pulled from, mm-hmm. which, I don't know, I guess Elfman maybe was kind of doing that before, so maybe it's the other way around. Uh, no. No? I mean, I mean I'm mean, i saying as far as Williams doing, like, the winter Home Alone thing, because that would have been later on, and Batman mm-hmm. would have came out before that. Before, yeah. Maybe. So maybe Yeah no I know exactly what you're talking about. He he's so sort of iconic though that even my my 6-year-old daughter Amelia you know will hear something and she'll immediately be like, "Oh, is that John Williams?" and it's like mm, uh, that, Yeah yeah, mine too. That's man. how you know you made it. it. Yes, dude. That's that's uh that's good parenting. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually saw him perform at the White House nice years ago for like an Independence Day thing. He sort of rewrote this like national anthem meets Star Spangled Banner, kind of like this, like a cool like medley, kind of like a medley, yeah. Um, but it was really cool. I I was I really was disappointed though that he didn't, you know, at least go into the Superman theme. Oh yeah, no but, kidding, dude. But it was still cool. I mean, you know, it's,
1: have you heard about this thing that they do every now and then? I mean, obviously, not last year, but at the uh, the Atlanta symphony i think do this oh where they yeah. play
0: john williams
1: live yeah
0: while you can watch like harry potter or mm-hmm. star wars dude yeah it's pretty amazing Th- there's we also another one that, that i've that i've missed every single time but it's and of course i can't think of the composer for this stuff but uh they also do like a final fantasy one mm. it's all live and it's all like the music throughout final fantasy yeah I, I, i'm just not hooked up into that world, you know? Mm-hmm. So I never know when that stuff comes around, yeah. but that'd be really cool. For sure, man. That'd be that'd be so much fun to go like take the kids and watch like the first
1: Harry Potter or you know yeah. if they did it with Star Wars or whatever. Oh yeah. And one thing that I want to do before spring, by the way, is I am straight up gonna get some sort of backyard film situation there where you know, like having a big projector, humongous I screen. Got it, dude. I mean, like a huge screen and everything. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And like a scrim, I guess. I don't know. It's just going to be enormous. Like and then she's going to be like kind of facing. Imagine you go into the, my backyard, you're looking out towards the woods. That's where the screen's going to be. Mm. And then doing just like Star Wars marathons out there, man. Man, I love it.
0: Yeah. It's going to be awesome. 10,000 bug bites later. Yeah!
1: <laughs> What's up, Sonia? Oh. Just, you
0: know. No, I'm all in, man. One thing that I need to say, I just saw uh, last night, I happened to run across a picture of one of our biggest and oldest fans and family members of the show, Clay. He posted a picture of him and his whole family wearing our T-shirt. Man, amazing. And it blew me away. It made me so happy. Just amazing. Yeah, man. I mean, look, this is... I think episode twenty-five,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yep, I think so. so. We're only twenty-five episodes in. This is something yeah. that we started from scratch, out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and to have listeners that love our show, people that want to support us, and they come back every week. I mean, I know that we say it all the time, but we literally mean it. It just it just means the world to us. It does. It does. I mean,
0: it's just it's hard to sort of express like the um, I don't know. It just checks those boxes. The same kind of thing you know back in the like the band days when we were touring and stuff you know somebody would see a show and they would be so sort of impressed or so kind of uh impacted that they felt oh well i got to get something to like represent that i got to get a shirt or i got to get some merch stuff a hat or whatever and there's just it's just such a good feeling and we're just we're so thankful and so mm-hmm. grateful for you guys yeah It's amazing. You guys are amazing. Thank you to everyone that comes back week after
1: week and tells their friends and their family to listen to us. It, uh, Man, like we said, it just means the world to us. Yeah, it really
0: does. Well, you got anything else, man?
1: Uh, No, I mean, don't let Clay and his family and all the other listeners uh, who have bought our T-shirts and hats and all that stuff be the only ones. Don't be jealous. Just, you know, you can go and visit our... Merchandise shop at shop.spreadshirt.com slash that would be rad. And you can get, I mean, just so many things. You want to drink coffee out of a mug that says be rad. I mean, make a statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, Then you can do that. So you can support us too by going there, interact with us on our Instagram page at that would be rad. It's a great way to kind of show us some of the things that you guys are into, talk about things that you want us to cover on the show. And frankly, we check it a lot more
0: frequently than we do our email. So, oh yeah, that is the best way to, um, you know, to get a hold of us. Yeah, and if uh, if you have anything else, if you have comments or more long form stuff, feel free to DM us or visit our, you know, shoot us an email at thatwouldberadpod at gmail dot com. Again, week after week, we appreciate everything you guys do. We uh, we love this sort of growing family of the That Would Be Rad podcast, and uh, to everyone that uh, that is here for us, we appreciate you, we love you, so as always, be rad.
1: That's the way clouds in a time where I just needed some sunshine. You were already dead, for you became a ghost.
0: You always said our future would be a parade of flowers, but now I'm